Well, good evening. We kind of faked you out, didn't we? You thought Brother Keith was preaching, and you get here, and he's preaching. <laughs> well, one thing about it, I'm always short-winded, so if it's bad, it's bad only for a little while is what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Well, we are going to preach from the book of Acts. I know Keith mentioned um, talking about Acts this morning and his message that he was going to continue in there and, and uh, preach on a little bit, but I'm going to preach from Acts chapter 1. It's called Staring into Heaven, Staring into Heaven, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Give you a minute to turn there. Acts 1, verse 6 says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses uh, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into the cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. This, this scene or this narrative reminds me of uh, when I was back in junior high, the first time I ever remember anything about an eclipse. I don't remember if it was a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse, but I remember the teacher specifically saying, don't stare directly into the sun when you see this eclipse. It would be a good story if I told you I stared into the sun and got blinded a little while, but I didn't do that. Uh, but I do remember when we were out at recess, Everybody had two pieces of paper, and they punched a hole in one of them and looked at the, and watched the eclipse on the other page. Remember that? I don't know if you remember that or not, but I do. And, and it was, just seemed kind of silly that everybody was out there with these papers, maneuvering them around, trying to get a look at the eclipse. And, of course, some were still trying to look up in the sky. I don't know whether they were blinded or not by it, but uh, it, it, it reminds me of this in that they were staring up into heaven uh, as Jesus ascended away from them. Uh, I also kind of, just kind of as a side note, I kind of realized when I read this, they still didn't get it. They still didn't get that the kingdom was coming down from heaven and, and, and Christ wasn't going to build a kingdom like they thought, a military type kingdom. They still didn't get it, but that's beside the point. But here, this reminds us uh, that we should be looking up into heaven. We should be ready for the Lord to return. Here, I think this... Uh, this passage kind of gives us three things to think about. Uh, the first one is he went away into heaven. Um, here the idea is, is that he left on his own terms. If Jesus would have been crucified and died and stayed in the grave, obviously we wouldn't be here because the resurrection wouldn't be true. But the idea of him ascending up into heaven shows us that God approved of what he did, shows us that he left under his own terms. He wasn't 
somehow manipulated into doing something different than what he had planned all the time. It's kind of like the two witnesses. You remember in the book of Revelation how they, they preached and ministered for uh, three and a half years there and, 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 and how that finally the beast was released from the, the bottomless pit and the, the, two, the three witnesses were killed by the beast. The two witnesses, I'm sorry, were killed by the beast and they laid there for three and a half days and then at the end of three and a half days, the, a voice cried out from heaven to come up here, and they, they ascended up into heaven. And it, I think God did that because he was telling the world, you're not in control. You didn't kill these witnesses. I had the plan all along for it to go just like this, and it's going to end just like I say it's going to end. And here, I think we get the idea, too, that he went up into heaven with the idea being that that that. The, the world didn't take us, take him from us. The world didn't get God to do something he didn't want to do. It was under his own terms and in his own way, and that's the way he planned it from the very beginning. But he also left so that he could leave a comforter for us. Uh, I, I, really, I really like the idea of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but, but the Holy Spirit really gives comfort, really it really lives up to his name in that regard, and, and, and he, he gives us encouragement. He, he arranges things in our lives that, that help us in our faith. He gives us vision. He illuminates us. He helps us to understand the Word of God. He does all sorts of works in our life that we generally just take for granted. We don't think too much about it, but he is the comforter, and Jesus said he had to go away that the comforter might come. And so the idea of him going to heaven is something good in that the comforter came. But here the idea also is, is that he's preparing a place for us. I, I, I don't know how good heaven's going to be. I know it's going to be good. Uh, but the fact, and if we think, if, if Jesus is literally still preparing a place for us, I can't imagine how glory, glorified it must be. You think about God creating the world in seven days, and here Jesus is working on a place for us in heaven all this time. It's got to be a pretty nice place, or, or, or he wouldn't be wasting his time doing it. Now, I don't know if he's literally preparing a place for us all that time, but I like to think that anyway. Uh, here, not only does it tell us that he went up into heaven, but it tells us that he will return again. The angels, or the two men dressed in white here, two white-robed men who suddenly appeared, tell them that he's coming back. And of course, Jesus told us that he was coming back as well. Uh, he said, I go away, and if I go away, I'll come again. And here the idea, I think, is, is that he has given us the promise of his return. And we have faith in him because he gave us the promise, and we have hope uh, and, and without hope, uh, I don't know that life would be worth living, but we have the hope of his return. We need, to, we need to plan like we have all kinds of time, but we need to live like we only have tomorrow um, because he is coming back. He will return just as he left. Now, we, we know that Jesus is coming back. Uh, to, 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 we know that he comes back in the air to rapture his church, and we know that he comes back to the earth uh, to to judge the world and to, to reward those of us who have been working for him. And it's just a great thing to remember. And it's something that we should, in our mind's eye at least, we should be standing up staring into heaven. 
expecting him at any moment. Now, I know we can't do that literally because we have things to do. Uh, but it tells us that we should do things with an urgency. We should do things with the idea that he's coming back. And I need to get ready. I need to do the business that he has for me to do now while there's still time. And that's the third point that I want to bring out. He wants us to be ready. Uh, here we, we, we have to focus our minds. We have to remember that we, we, we only have a short time here. Uh, we think of it as long time. Uh, of course, when you're a teenager, you think of it being longer. As you get older, you think of it being not that much time, God. Uh, I was talking with J.D. this morning, and I was telling him, you know, it's been longer than eight years since you were here because I was saying I was at Shoto for eight years. You were here when I left and signed my ordination paper, and I've been back at least two or three years. So it's got to be closer to 10 to 12 years since, since you've actually been here, at least in my mind. And, you know, when you look back, it's like, well... Maybe it was only a couple of days ago. I mean, it almost feels like that. And we need to think of that in reference to the future as well. Time is flying by, and soon it'll be our time to stand before God. Soon it'll be our time to be in His presence and, and the glory that, that is all, that's all about. That should help us in the present time realizing that someday, very soon, we will indeed be in His presence I don't know that we'll have a cup of coffee with him or anything like that, but we will still be in his presence. And what a glory that will be when we just, just see him as he really is. Uh, we need to keep that in mind. We need to not let the devil try to get us to focus on our circumstances as much as we focus on him and the fact that he's coming back to bring us home to be with him. We don't need to be entangled in the things of this world. Hebrews talks about that running that race in chapter 12. And we, don't, we need to lay aside all those things that so easily entangle us, as the King James said. All the things of the world need to be put aside, not in the sense that they're worthless or, or that they don't deserve some of our attention, but they don't deserve our full focus. We need to remember that. We need to do those things that, as Paul told Timothy, Things that please our commanding officer because we are not citizens of this world, but we serve a commanding officer in heaven. We need to do those things that please him, not us. So here when we think about uh, these men standing around here looking up into heaven and, and thinking how ridiculous that might look they're just kind of looking up of course you know how it is when when you you're walking somewhere and you see somebody going like this the first thing you do is look up what are they looking at uh <laughs> i i don't know what that has to do with anything here but <laughs> it sounded good in my head so i said it <laughs> but anyway we recognize that that the lord has purpose his ascension the fact that he went away is a sad thing for us, in a sense. It's not in another sense in that he's preparing a place for us and he's giving us a comforter. But the idea that he's coming back. Uh, he said he's coming back. And the Lord has lived up to every promise he has ever made, either to us as a church, us as a world, or us as individuals. He's lived up to everything. And so we need to recognize that if he's coming back, we should be happy. 
Not that we should always have a smile on our face because this world doesn't allow that to happen too often, but, but we should in our heart be happy and have joy because, hey, he is coming back. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, so much for your word that encourages us and helps us and, and gives us hope. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that indwells us and blesses us as only you can. We just lift you up and give you all the praise and glory because you are a great and awesome God. And we thank you, Lord, that you are going to return and that one day we'll be in your presence in glory. And it will be a wonderful and awesome day. And we thank you and praise you for it's in Christ's name we ask. Amen. Thank you, guys.